Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Las Musas podcast. My name is Monica Mancias, and I'm the author of Mariana and Her Familia. Today, I'm joined by Mariana Rios Ramirez, Ana Orenstein Cardona, Adriana Hernandez Bergstrom, and Terry C. Jennings. And today on this episode of Debut Diaries, the picture book edition, we'll be talking about debut jitters and lessons learned. So, um... Let's see, Anna, can you start us off just with an introduction and tell us a little bit about your book? Yes, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here surrounded by my Las Musas family and all this wonderful Latinx creativity. Uh, I am Anna Orenstein Cardona, and I am the author of The Tree of Hope which is out with Beaming Books in the U.S. in August of this year and in November in the U.K. And I'm really excited to share the story um, as it's based on a true event that happened in Puerto Rico around Hurricane Maria. So I'm really excited for the story to see the world. Thank you. And I, I absolutely am so excited for that book. Um, I remember when I first heard about it, it's such an interesting concept. I think children are going to really enjoy learning about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Adriana, tell us a little bit about your book. Hi, I'm Adriana Hernandez Bergstrom, and I'm the author and illustrator of Abuelita and I Make Flan, which is being published by Charles Bridge Publishing, and it comes out in just a couple of weeks in August of 2022. It's about a little girl, Anita, who's making flan for her abuelo's birthday for the first time, but everything goes wrong, and so she has to figure out what to do with the the weight of her big mistake um and it is also based off of real events and imagined events and yeah i'm just really excited to share um just a a work of, of hope and um an homage to my abuelita and abuelito <laughs> and uh, yeah i hope people enjoy it as much as i enjoyed making it can't wait oh my gosh i can't believe it's only two weeks away that's crazy we, you're definitely going to have a lot to talk about, about the uh, debut jitters. And uh, I'm, I'm a few months behind you, so can't wait to hear your experience. Um, Mariana, go ahead and tell us about your book. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here again in another Las Musas chat. So my name is Mariana Rio Ramirez, and my debut book is Santiago's Dinosaurios. That is going to be published by Albert Whitman in October. And I'm really very excited. It's illustrated by Miss Udayana Lugo. And it's about a Mexican immigrant boy, a first grader, and his experience in his first day of school in a new school, in a new country, and without speaking English. So um, as he struggles through the day, he'll finally find a way to connect with his classmates. So it's a very hopeful story that I hope that many readers will be able to connect with. Thank you, Mariana. And it's such an important book. Um, I love that you're bringing that experience to children who need it. Okay. And Terry, go ahead and tell us about your book, which has already debuted. So um, anybody listening, you can, uh, you can go out and buy that book right now. All right. Yeah, please buy the book, please. Um, I'm Terry Catasus Jennings and I'm the, um, my picture book, Picture book debut is The Little House of Hope, and it came out simultaneously as La Casita de Esperanza, which I got to translate. And it is illustrated, don't want to forget that, by the wonderful Raul Colón. 
and it's the story. It's the story of uh, my family. It's a story of a Cuban American, uh, Cuban immigrants who come to the United States and they find a little house. It's kind of dirty. It smells like old wet socks, but they fix it up and shine it up and make it their own. But then when they find that there's other immigrants who don't have a place to stay, they all scrunch up and share their home. And so I hope that it is the um, the kind of book that shows everyone the reasons why immigrants uh, have to sometimes uh, move to other countries, leave everything behind, and also how much a little bit of help, uh, what kind of a difference that can make in an immigrant's life. Wow, that's another, such an important topic. I think um, it's amazing to hear how we're all coming from such different, we were talking a little bit about the show, we all come from such different backgrounds, different nationalities, different parts of the world. But um, there's a lot of uh, crossover in all of our books and, and at the same time universality that I think is important, not just for Latina readers, but for all young readers out there. So I'm, I'm so proud of all the work that you guys are doing. So I'll just quickly introduce my debut. Uh, my picture book debut comes out on October 4th. It's called Mariana and Her Familia. Uh, it releases through Balzer and Bray at HarperCollins and illustrated by Erica Meza. Um, and it's also, you know, semi-autobiographical about a little girl visiting her family in Mexico for the first time and sort of the, you know, scary aspect for her of encountering this new culture, this new landscape, new language, um, but finding that she has always been part of the family, even if she hasn't been there, she's been present and sort of the meaning of unconditional love for her and connecting with her abuelita and her primos and tillos. Um, and, um, yeah, that's it. So let's go ahead and dive into our first question. Leading up to the publication of your debut, what are or were your biggest fears and concerns and how have you learned to work with them? Anna, go ahead and start us off. Oh, well, thank you. That, I mean, that's, wow, that, that encompasses a lot of things. Obviously when you are, um, doing anything for the first time, right, it's a scary experience, um, and especially when you are uh, doing it with, you know, and all of us, I think this is really important. When you look at statistics and you look at the um, children's writing world and what authors are from our background, right? The last statistic I looked was like under 4%. I, I think, in fact, it was 3%. So it is integral when we look at the demographic and the landscapes in the U.S. that our stories be told right? Because we are growing in population. Children need to see themselves reflected in their stories in the book. That's why I'm so proud to be part of this group. And so uh, a more equitable world is being built through stories. And I think that's really important, especially nowadays. So I have that as, you know, one of the things is I want to make my people proud. And that doesn't only include Puerto Ricans, because even though my book is based in Puerto Rico, and really it showcases the indomitable spirit of my people during one of the most devastating times in history as we faced um, Hurricane Maria, but it's also represent the Latino community, right, as a writer. So so I guess that's one of the things is obviously I want it to do well. I want it to perform. I want more of us to be able to continue having a voice in the industry. And so that's one of the things that I think um, is top of the list. And from other fears, I guess, is just um, about just making sure that I'm doing it all correctly, right, from 
you know, the beginning of even when, you know, you sign a deal up to the communication, up to the, you know, way you portray your book and the story behind it. So um, the way I've been learning to deal with it is really thanks to the great communities we have, like Las Musas, being able to ask questions, help each other, you know, especially the more senior writers and illustrators helping others. And that's been beautiful. So I think that, um, you know, that has helped a lot, obviously, me reading and following other people who have had debuts and see kind of what's worked for them. That's super interesting. Um, I think that the other biggest um, fear I've had in general is just about, you know, making the time to balance everything because we obviously, you know, are trying to balance current writing, current project, current lives, plus, you know, making the time to make our debut books a success. So, so it's handling a lot of different things in the air. And so how I help to cope with that is I have my to-do list. I prepare every night to make sure that the next morning I tackle them one by one. And so that's been a helpful little tool for me. Okay. So jumping in on, on what you were saying, um, Anna, about, um, you know, the, there, I think when I started, you know, after I, after I signed with my agent, mm -hmm. you know, it, the fears and concerns all kind of go in, in phases and, and during the writing process, I think there's definitely this fear for marginalized creators that you have this huge weight of, um, quote unquote, getting it right. And you're never going to get it completely right, right? Because your experience is going to be different than others' experience. But it's also going to be the same as many others' experience. So it's it's valid, right? Our viewpoint is valid. But there's always that concern of how will I be received by others in my own community? What kind of criticism might I receive? Where might I have gone wrong? Where might I have not been sensitive enough or, you know, so there's definitely that fear in the writing and editing process. And then I think leading up to debut, I have the same kinds of fears and concerns that all other authors have going through this for the first time, which is I've, I've, you know, cultivated my craft over the last many years, but this is my first time being an author out in the world, having to speak, having to sell. Um, so how will my books be received? How, you know, I, uh, I, I've always dreamed of, of getting, you know, starred reviews and, and being, a, you know, touted as a literary genius. <laughs> so it's, um, there's a lot of pressure up there. Of, say, no pressure. Yeah. No pressure I mean, on yourself, girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you want to be literary, literarily successful, but also, um, commercially successful so you can continue to do this. And then most importantly, I want to have a positive impact on the world. I want to change the world in some way, change my readers in some way. So there's a lot of pressure. And I think I'm just coping um, by taking a lot of deep breaths and writing, just getting back to writing, you know, and remembering that, that that's why I'm here is to write. And so much of it is out of my control. So just go right back to writing. And that's, that's what keeps me sane. Uh, so Adriana, what about you? What have been your biggest fears and concerns and your, it's on your doorstep right now? Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because you're, you guys have all this like practical, you know, I have a to-do list and I have all this pressure and I have the same, I have a giant to-do list that just feels like, you know, it's always growing. 
And I also have a therapist and I'm going to say I'm thanking my therapist so much because I do have depression and anxiety. And so my biggest fears and concerns, I had to divide them into like the rational ones and the irrational ones, right? Like, so for me, it's a mental health thing, like literally a mental health uh, going through and being like, what's a rational fear and what's an irrational fear? Like rational fear, of course, we're talking about you know, star reviews affect how many people will see our book, right? Like negative reviews affect how many people will pick up our book. And so the reality is, yes, we may get good reviews. We may get bad reviews. And then our reaction to that, are we going to write back to everybody? Please do not feed the trolls. My general advice is don't, don't even touch them. Leave the reviews, however they are, wherever they are, as they are. Um, the other thing, the biggest concerns that I had is because I'm both, I'm author and illustrator. So if the book sinks, it feels like a lot of weight on me, right? Like it's like, if it's, if it's, if it's goes wrong, it's, it's for sure my fault. Like, you know what I mean? Like it feels like it's my fault. Um, yeah, I know. So it feels like double the weight. I know. Terry's laughing at me. Terry's laughing I want to go, go, <laughs> go next. You're going to go next. Okay. Thank you, Terry. But yeah. It feels like, like, oh my God, it's all on me. But I have to say, um, the, the biggest concerns that I had also were about like, will people even know that I wrote this? And I feel like that was within my control to some extent. And then part of it is outside of my control, like how much the publisher is, is involved. And I felt so supported by my publisher. So in that regard, I felt much more um, calm because I was telling everybody I knew in my newsletter in all the social media things as much as I could that this book exists. So that was how I mitigated it. So therapy, realistic expectations, uh, don't trying to um, tamp it, tamp, that's not even a word, tamp it down. That's not even a word, whatever. Trying to allay my own anxieties through what was within my control. So that's my answer. And Terry's like, I'm all right, dying. Terry's I'm chomping to, at the bit. Jump in there, Terry. I'm trying to jump in because um so you're afraid that you because that you're totally at fault because you're both the illustrator and the author yes well I have Raul Colon as an illustrator he has won I mean I don't know if there's an award that he hasn't won so it's all on me too if if this book doesn't do well it's not because of him let me tell you it's because of me and um Holiday House just like you Holiday House uh, is a publisher and they are doing so much for me. They are pushing the book. They're wonderful. And I honestly feel like if this book doesn't do well, it's all my fault. And it's, it's, um, I think it's pressure that I wouldn't have uh, felt otherwise. Uh, maybe I don't know, Anna, really? Monica, do you guys feel that way? But I do feel that, um, that it's, you know, that it's all on me. I do feel like if the people are going to open the book because of his illustrations, but they may close it right away because of my text. Okay. So I'm just going to step in Terry, because I read your book and I read your arc and I loved it. And I felt like it's such a universal story for immigrants that if I can leading up to the past of your debut, cause you already debuted, like I was so excited about your book coming out because it needs to be said, like, I'm yeah I it I think you guys both I think you and Raul did an amazing job so you can pat yourself on the back for that now 
Mm-hmm. And we also talk about sales, like how much of that is really within our control? I don't None know. None of it. None yeah. of it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I second what Adriana said about Terry's book. Girl, you got to stand proud. It's okay. beautiful. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but, but I am worried. I am worried. I, I, um, you know, looking at every review and, you know, and, um, do, you know, doing everything that I can. So I think my time is, um, you know, what, um, what, uh, have I, how am I working on this? How am I coping with this? Most of what I'm doing is debut stuff. Uh, I want to really push this book, uh, and and I I have to I want, you know I'm doing all this for the Musas because I want to support the Musas, but I also want to sh- uh, show my publisher that I am doing the very best because you know I don't want it again I don't want it uh, to be my fault I want to jump on something that Anna said about the what is it four percent of Latinx uh, writers but there's eighteen percent. Latinx population in the United States, what a jump, what a gap between the number of Latinx creators and the number of Latin population. It is a huge gap that we need to, and that's another pressure that you want to show. Uh, You want to make immigrants um, be seen, look human, uh, be understood. And uh, you also want every child that uh, looks like us to be able to see him or herself in our books. Yeah. It, and there's... just to add to that statistic, because we're children's writers, sorry, it's um, Latino children ages 18 and under make up 26% of the U.S. total population. And that was from 2019. So that go. number is higher. Right. So, and that's something for any uh, publishers and editors who hopefully are listening to this. You got to champion more Latinx writers because the population is is in change. We're not where we were 20 years ago, right? We got to help children learn about their roots and be able to um, see themselves reflected in stories. You know, yeah. and really quickly, I'll add before I want to give Mariana a turn, um, we now have this additional pressure of facing book bannings, which has become a very real fear in my mind leading up to my debut, even though there's nothing outwardly controversial, obviously controversial about what I'm writing about. I think just being an author of color puts a target on your back. So I have that additional concern about what might potentially happen with not just my debut, but I have five other books under contract. And some of those are, do bring up more controversial issues. So uh, anyway, with that, I want to turn it over to Mariana. Mariana, what have been some of your fears and concerns and how are you dealing with them? Well, I think that you've already touched a little bit on that about one of my biggest fears is that the book won't connect, well, the children won't connect with the book, which is something that that I'm hoping for because I wrote it thinking of a way to to help these immigrant kids see themselves in books. So um, regarding that, I guess I'm just hoping and waiting. Um, I did my best when editing and coming up with a story. And right now, well, I think I've done what I can regarding preparing a website, 
and trying to be active in the writing community with these podcasts and with interviews and all that type of things. But I also realized that there are fears I have. For example, one of my fears is that the book is delayed or that because of supply chain issues, the debut is pushed back. And if I plan an event, what next? So I'm trying to plan events maybe three to a month later, just to be on the safe side, for example, like book signings and things like that. So uh, although it's stressful, I think that it's totally out of my control, just as the reviews are. So um, I'm trying to, to separate what I can control and what I can't. And it's hard, but I need to let go of what I can't control and hope for the best and try to do whatever I can really do to make this work. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just dawned on me that I think another thing that most people don't know, people who aren't authors and then people, authors who or writers who haven't signed with an agent or have signed with an agent, but are, you know, still kind of in the revision process. Something that I wasn't prepared for is that you're kept in the dark. There's, there's a lot probably happening behind the scenes. There are, you know, dozens of people working on your book, but leading up, I'm three months out from publication and I still have no idea what is going to happen with my book. And that can definitely add to debut jitters. Um, and I'm just li- I'm just observing my agent siblings who are also debuting this year and going through the process. And about a month before, you know, things start to amp up, and they, you know, so I'm just kind of holding on to that. But it can be really nerve wracking <laughs> to not know what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it can be. You know, um, I think way back uh, before all this these problems, you used to kind of have your meeting with your publisher publicist. Uh, in you know six months out and then you would plan and you could plan and say okay we're going to do this we're going to do this we're going to do this my book was supposed to come out in February then it was changed to May but that was back like say November so there was plenty of time to organ to to work on that but then it didn't come out till then it was May 30th then it was June 14th and at that point I just felt like and it had to be that way that everything just slowed down, everything, all the planning, but because you couldn't do a launch if you didn't know when the book was coming out. And I think, I think Mariana, that that is that is a a, a, a fair uh, fear. I mean, that's a realistic fear that things won't happen. And I like what you have done uh, about. Um, planning things way ahead. And, you know, your publicist may say, well, I'm planning these for you and that's great. But, you know, you have a lot of other things that you can plan and that you can do. And I, I think hit at it from both sides. Let what your publicist is doing, uh, wants to do, that's fine. But if you have other places, you can. And I tell you what, I don't think anybody could be more supportive than Holiday House. But that deal of being moved from one week to the next to the next has, I think, has had an impact. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. Woo. So let's actually talk about where we find support. So do you have a support group? Um, if so, you know, and who, who is that support? 
And then how did you connect with those people? Anna, do you want to start? Sure. Thank you. So um, there's a few organizations, again, that I have found in my journey so far as an author. I'm so grateful for them. One of them is the Society of Authors, because I currently do not have an agent. It's something that I have on my to-do list to accomplish this year, uh, you know, start the process. Um, but they helped me with my contract review. And it was just so, so helpful. I can't even say, like, I love them. The second is uh, the Society of Children Book Writers and Illustrators, SABWI. Uh, we call them in the UK Scoobies, which if you hear that, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because um, it's, it's like how they kind of notify themselves here. But the thing is how they have been so helpful is twofold. First of all, you, you can be surrounded by a community of writers and, and children's writers. And I think that's so beautiful. I've learned so much from conferences and all that. But also they did a boot camp for us, for um, debut authors and illustrators in January. That was really so empowering. And we built so much knowledge. So I'm so grateful for them to have done that boot camp. Just talking about little things about, you know, simple things like have a linked tree profile where you can put all the individual links for your pre-orders and put that into, you know, your website and things like that. Things that, you know, don't come natural, right? Maybe as an author, you're not used to putting yourself out there uh, to become a salesperson in a way because you have to, right? You have to master it a little bit. And so that has been great. And I have to also give a huge thanks to Las Musas because that has been an organization that has brought together again. Um, I love being in our community and asking questions and people helping one another. That's massive. And then the final, I would say, is um, Latinx Pitch, which as a, a Latinx creator, they helped me get my pitch. I competed in 2020 in Latinx Pitch, and that helped give a platform to my voice. And from there is how my editor found me. So for anyone listening to this podcast who is maybe looking to get a deal, make sure in September, check out Latinx Pitch if you are a Latinx creator um, in the in the US. And um, actually, it's global, right? You can participate. But um, that's been very helpful. And since then, by the way, they have been so beautiful. They did my cover reveal. I ask them questions sometimes and uh, about certain things. And they're the ones who introduced me to Las Musas. So it all kind of worked out that way. Yeah. That's awesome, Anna. Um, I also found my agent through DV Pit through a pitch contest. So I'm a huge proponent That's of those. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll just uh, I'll I'll go ahead and go next. Um, so Las Musas for sure has been a huge support, and it's just amazing to be a part of a collective of not just Latina creators, but um, you know Latina creators specific to Kidlit who are extremely ambitious, intelligent, <laughs> organized, amazing. Um, so that's that's been huge, a huge support. Um, and then I'd say, and, and Adriana and I are, are part of a um, debut group, which I think the way, Las Musas I found through Twitter. Um, and then um, I believe June Smalls reached out to me regarding the debut group. Um, oh, Terry's in our group also. Mariana, you're not, right? No. No, okay. Terry's in our, that's right. I'm sorry, Terry, I forgot. Um, I just think of you as like, you know, the OG, you're already, you don't need a debut group. <laughs> um, and then a huge, huge daily support for me is my agent siblings. So um, I don't know when, a couple years ago, one of my agent siblings 
reached out to me on Twitter and slowly just started, you know, collecting all of our other siblings. And um, uh, we talk daily on Slack, not just about, you know, we talk about all of our writing insecurities and we share good news. We manifest for each other. We, you know, if we're like, you know, we all stop what we're doing and put out the juju, you know, yes, get that deal. Um, <laughs> and we even have, you know, we talk about daily life, you know, the grind. We have uh, parenting conversations. We talk about menopause. We talk about all of it. So that has been an amazing support. If you are agented, I would say reach out to some of your siblings because they're right there with you. Um, they're in the same demographic as you. So it's, it's an amazing support. Um, how about you, Adriana? Well, I'm in the same launch group as you, <laughs> Terry. So of course I would say Las Musas again has been an awesome organization. And I feel like the hermanas and um, Diaz and all the other levels, I guess, levels of Musa uh, that came before us created a structure that I think is really helpful for us. Um, the launch groups, I gotta say, like they are a lot of work, but it's as much as you put into it, you know, because some of the launch groups are much more active and have a better uh, organizational um, presence, you know, like they're better at getting the word out. Some people, some groups are more Twitter heavy, some groups are more Instagram heavy, and I think it's like, a, it could be hit or miss, depending on the launch group. I belong to another launch group. Uh, so I'm in PB Launch with you, with you all, and I'm on PB Rocketeer, I think is another one. And um, I think the most helpful aspect is like some of the, some of the members have been, um, they're not, it's, it's not their de debut, for example. Like it's uh, a marketing group, but it's, they've done this before and it's maybe their third or fourth book. And they are the ones that I, I just learned so much from them. Things that I wouldn't have realized were a thing. For example, like they do blog um trains sort of like they they go on different blogs and they interview and they have a list of like people they have for their dream interviewers and so they they just had all of that information there which i i really didn't know because my back in the blog days i was into sewing and knitting and so my you know 10 years of my blog is nothing to do with children's books <laughs> It has to do with what I love to do back then, which was illustrating uh, for knitting. I was illustrating for knitwear and you know technical illustration and knitting and sewing. So I think the the helpful things that I found for support are um, you all and in Las Musas, SCBWI. I'm also a member and I'm uh, I'm like a co-assistant regional advisor, which Whoa. I know that's recent. Um, the, it's a volunteer organization. So volunteering for SCBWI and also being privileged to attend boot camps too and conferences. Uh, the last conference we went to had an amazing, uh, you could actually sit into an author's school visit, which I thought was super helpful. I know, what a resource, right? To be able to actually sit in and experience, uh, it was Taryn Soder's, well, I'll put it in the notes, but um, she did an example school visit for us to learn how to do that. And apparently one of the biggest aspects of being an author is not actually the debut, but it's what happens after the debut. 
Are you doing school visits? Are you going to conferences? Are you um, sharing your book in other podcasts, in you know, blog trains, or like how are you getting the word out past the the launch? And as we saw with Terry's example, like and Mariana's fears, is like we don't know. You know, like they give us a date, but we don't know if it's actually going to happen on that date. So we got to prepare for what happens afterward. So yeah, yeah, that's another fear of mine. As I, you know, uh, I, I just treat it as as everything in this writing journey has been just learning as you go. You jump right into the fire, and then you you figure it out as you go. So we'll see how I do with school visits and panels and conferences. All of that's going to be fun. <laughs> Mariana, how about you? Who's your support? Uh, well, I think that my husband is one of my main supports, um, especially when I'm stressed out about these things that I cannot control. Just talking to him helps. Um, and I have, well, you guys also, the Musas, because we are in the same ship together. And I feel that we can learn from each other and from more experience like Terry here, who is ahead of us. So that for me has been really valuable. Um, getting to, to read about the book birthday interviews or participate in these panels, in these podcasts have been really a treasure for me because I'm also learning as I go. I have an agent, um, she's really good, but she was not my agent when I signed for this book. So she's not that involved, although she's there for me and I can ask questions. Uh, I think that incoming books with her might be different. So um, it's, been, it's been an interesting journey for sure. Um, but I'm grateful that I'm part of Las Musas because I have no other support group right now. Um, well, I have my critique partners, but they are not like in the same stage. So although I know that they are there for me and I can talk to them, um, they are learning from me because I'm the one that is ahead uh, in, that, in those specific groups. So yeah, I'm very grateful for, for being part of Las Musas because it has really made a difference in this journey. Otherwise it would have been lonely. Yeah. Mariana, I just have to say, I love that you mentioned your husband because that is so true. And I, I, I feel so bad. I didn't say my husband too, because he's cried with me of joy. He's shared my tears when I've been rejected. You know, we've had the whole emotion. So thank you to my love and to La Familia, because I think without yeah. Familia's authors would have it tough. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And, and also to my mom, my, my, par, my dad, my sister. So they, they are always right there to listen to us. And I mean, maybe they don't exactly understand like the way an author that is going through it can, can get it. But just the fact that they are there to listen and to give us comfort, that's, that's so important. So yes, family, family is one of the best supports. You are absolutely right. And now I'm feeling guilty because I didn't mention my husband, which is, yeah, he's, you know, it's, it's having that cheerleader. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes the fact that they're not also in my case, at least he's not a writer, but he is a creative. So he understands, you know, the creative process, um, I think can be very helpful because he's outside, he's got the outside perspective and he can bring me back down to the ground. Sometimes when I'm feeling like a failure, I'm feeling insecure. He can say, 
what are you talking about? Look what you've done in the last few years, you know, and um, can really champion it. <laughs> yeah, five uh, books, girl. Five books under contract. What? I know. Woohoo! Very excited. Well, you know, my the my debut, um, it will have been three and a half years from the date that I sold it to the day that it published. And it's and the second book, four years. So it's been a very long wait, but the fantastic part of that was that I did get to write and sell several other books. So it's not all on my debut, which has relieved some of the pressure. Wow. Um, that is fascinating. Point. Yeah. And that that's is, the point. I think, oh, perdón, Adria, I think you should mention, talk about that, by the way, because many people listening may not know that length of time because mm -hmm. mine was super quick. Like mine was within... It pretty much a year almost. Wow. That it okay, with the turnaround. So that's why I have to give a shout out to my illustrator as well, because Juan Manuel Moreno, he not only did the amazing job, but within record time to that's get all this done. It's a very fast yeah. mm -hmm. for and an illustrator. I really love the illustrations, Anna. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, right. Juan. I mean, yeah, he is, I can't wait for him. Also, he's been such um a champion like of, of the story and the illustrations people who have seen are like oh is he Puerto Rican because he caught it so perfectly and That's and awesome. he's not he's Argentinian but he's he's amazing so sorry to jump in but I think that sharing that was awesome Monica because a lot of people won't know about that length of time yeah it's um yeah people are often shocked I mean picture books definitely tend to take more time than you know I'm several of my agent siblings write uh, adult fiction and it's just enviable to watch them just, you know, they, Hey, I wrote a book. Now it's, now it's sold. Now it's out. And I'm going, what? <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, so um, I do have an, an unannounced project that is a middle grade novel. And, and as, as much as I love illustrators and love the contribution they make, I have to say that it has been nice to not have to wait to sign, to find that illustrator, to sign that illustrator for the illustrations to be done. It is, it's a bit of a faster um, process, but yeah, I, my suggestion to anybody who is in the same boat is to keep working because I didn't know, right. you know, I was slower in that first year to work on the next project because I didn't know that I could. And it really has been the thing that's kept me sane, kept me motivated, kept me excited is working on that next project and selling that next project. So, um, Terry, what, let's go ahead and jump in. Um, can you share some of your thoughts on, on support groups? Yeah, you guys have mentioned them all, the SCBWI and Las Musas, of course, and the PB, um, PB Launch 2022. Um, they, Every, everybody, I think um, one thing, I like your idea of the agent sibs. We and our, and with my agent, we have just started that recently. And it was actually, it was me that started it. I kept saying, wait a minute, here's this big group of people that, and, and you really do have a vested interest because you have that same agent and it's good to really promote each other. It gives you one more little, because you want her to do well. And it gives you one more little um, impetus to to working to working out. But I do want to echo something that you said, Monica, because you do have to, even though you're trying to do all this stuff, all these podcasts and all these other things, you do have to work on the next book because you know right now um, 
I'm just finding that I worked so hard. I, I did have a, a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I, I, I honestly can tell myself that I should have, uh, that I didn't have a minute to do anything else because I was working on a lot of different books, but they all came out at once. But now I don't, I have a couple of submissions out, but I don't have anything like you that you're looking forward to, you know, to four or five more books. I want to be looking forward to that. But if you want to be looking forward to that, you've got to be working right now, even though you're one of your um, big temptations is to do this kind of thing and to do 42,000 different other Twitter things and all that kind of stuff. You do have to spend time writing. So that's my little bit. Absolutely. And, so and yeah, shout out to my husband. You know, if he didn't do everything that has to be done, I would not be able to even do anything else. So let's talk a little bit about the actual nitty gritty of preparing for launch day. What, what I'd like to know is what everybody is doing. Um, we've talked about how you often don't know what to expect until about a month ahead of time. So what steps are you taking right now to make sure that you are prepared in any way you can be for launch day? Um, let's go ahead and go. Uh, I'm going to switch things up a little bit. Mariana, why don't you start us off? Okay. So one of the first things that I got ready was my website. So I figured I started in November. So I didn't, I had already finished editing the book. So I, I was writing other stories, but I had like time. So I devoted myself to write, to, to do the website, which took quite a long time. Then um, right now, what I'm doing is I have some friends that have, um, they have blogs. So they have invited me. They want me to do an interview with them. So we are already starting to, to look at that. So I'm writing a list of friends that are interested so that we can do that. Also, I went to the, the local library here in the county and they are interested in doing an event, uh, family night, which is amazing. So um, they told me that come back in August so we can start planning because right now it's all summer, but at least I know that already there is going to be something. Um, what else? Um, well, I've, I've been to bookstores, you know, to like, for example, the, the independent bookstore here in Anderson. So I already left my information, also the same in Greenville, and they are interested in, in the, well, they are going to check out the book so that they can order it. And they told me, yes, come back later so that we can arrange something. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I am also, for example, I have already asked the publisher about maybe creating some uh, bookmarks and postcards. So those things that can be done with time. So that's, that's where I'm just <laughs> trying to focus right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much doing the same thing. I'm big on to-do lists and um, so I've, you know, I, I, at the beginning of every year, I write out my writing goals for the year and then I break it down by month. And so every month I write, and some of them are hefty, like sell, sell this book this month. And if it doesn't happen, that's okay. I cross it off and I move it to the next month. 
And so I've just been sort of month by month leading up to uh, pub date, trying to work on the website, um, get my press kit together. Mm-hmm. Um, I plan on, you know, trying to, to put together some school events. I have to research what other people have done and put together um, a few different um, uh, offerings, I guess, for schools. I do want to, like you said, reach out to um, my local library who I already have good relationships with a librarian so that'll be helpful my daughter's school her elementary school is right across the street so I want to set up some some events to kind of get my feet wet working on uh, swag and merchandise those are the things that we kind of do have some control over right and then the rest um, we will have to kind of just learn as we go yeah, you know, something else that I, I forgot, but I already done is I already um, have someone help me out with a teaching guide. So I thought that that would add value to this, to the book. So we already, we have already finished it. So I will be posting it to my website after the book launches, like some, maybe a month later or something like to get more momentum started. So yeah, those are the type of things that that we can do right now to program for later so that that it can help the sales hopefully and reduce those work later. Definitely. Terry, since you're you're a little bit ahead of us, um, I'm sure you have some great stuff to add to that. What do you typically do to prepare for your debut? Um, I, I think one thing, uh, Mariana has touched on some of them, the teacher materials are good. And I'm like her, I had someone help me with those because I'm not a teacher. And that has been good. But I will add to that, that maybe at some point with um, after, after the launch, send an email or have a Twitter giveaway that has your teacher materials. Hey, uh, you know, reach out to me and I'll email you the teacher materials. You get those people's emails as on your list so that the next book you have, um, you have a bigger list of emails to, um, to send to and do some, some kind of outreach. I have a list of, of librarians that I send, that I send um, my teacher materials to whenever they're ready. And actually I have two or three, so I, I don't do it. I, don't hit them, you know, I'm not in their inbox, you know, every day. I might be in their inbox three times a year or something like that, but saying, hey, here's a new piece of, of, uh, of uh, reading materials for that books. Have you thought of using these books for STEM or that kind of thing? And here's information that you can use. So giving that information away. Um, teaching books, I, be, I uh, joined up with teaching books. And so you need to make things like maybe an author a small author visit uh, video um, to have your teacher materials have um, you know you can put um, the videos of interviews that you have had of, of um, video podcasts that you have had uh, you can add those to teaching books and then those go to uh, teachers and librarians teacher teachers primarily use those but then I'm having a in September I'm doing a um, giveaway with teaching books that I hope will bring traffic to my little uh, teaching books page. Um, I think um, 
I looked at questions and this was something that my agent told me, ask yourself the questions, think about the questions that people might ask you and write them down, write an answer, even though you're not in an interview. And then those, those questions, whenever you get different, um, you know, cause you're gonna have to do so many blogs and so many interviews that you write and everything. And man, you have those already, you tweak them to the particular one but you have already thought about it. And when you're in a, um, in, on a podcast or something, you've already thought of the answer, especially sometimes you don't get to know the answers, the questions ahead of time. And that's really um, scary for me. Holy cow, I'm just petrified of those um, because I'm afraid I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth. But uh, so if you're prepared, if you've already thought of things, and sometimes you can answer the question that you have the answer to, not necessarily the question that you were asking. I didn't say that, but it's true. Uh, it's a good, def I mean, politicians do it all the time. Why not us? Uh, so, um, so, so yeah, I think uh, make sure that your, that your website is good, your press kits, your pictures. Um, and uh, I even have a document where I put the reviews in big and I keep that document updated. And then I just add that document to my website. I might pull out the significant reviews, the significant words from a review, but I don't have everything, but I do have a, a document where all the webs, where somebody can look at all the reviews uh, and, uh, and have links to all the blog posts, but they don't take up room in your website. They're just in a document. Um, so yeah, give, and, and I do a lot of giveaways. Yeah. Oh, and I am making, I did make these cute little um, um, bookmarks that have a little house at the end. They're so cute. And I gave them away at ALA and I'm thinking of giving them away at uh, bookstore in-person signings because you don't want, when you're doing a, a, a giveaway or some swag, you don't want it to be something that costs you a lot of money to mail or that the bookstore can't put in with your book when they mail the, um, the books out to the people that buy them. So they need to be flat and not weigh a lot. But, um, but yeah, I, the, the little bookmarks are great. Now, did you organize these giveaways? Do you organize them uh, through your publisher? Because I know that there's legal language in my contract. I'm not, a, I'm not allowed to, uh, to do giveaways on, I have to at least speak with my publisher and make sure that everything is kosher with them before I do a giveaway. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Now, um, so for instance, if That's I'm- That's HarperCollins, right, Monica? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Charles Bridge has different language. Uh, probably Holiday House has different language than HarperCollins. Yeah, maybe they have never call, called me on it. Now, let's say that I want to do, I, I have a, uh, that I want to do a, uh, say, I want to give out 25 books to librarians and I don't have 25 books. I might call them and say, would you support me on this? And most of the time they do, but so far when it's been just my books and I've been giving away three or four books, um, I've told them that I'm doing it and mostly not so much because I want them to bless it, but I want them to know what I'm doing, that I'm doing something to publicize the book. Um, so yeah, I don't have to, now I can't sell my books. Uh, I can like have an author visit and get them at a discounted place, but just a discounted price, but just for that author visit, but I can't just 
sell my books. Like, you know, I've had little science books that the publisher's delighted if I sell them, you know, so, uh, but, but not, not when you're with a, a bigger, <coughs> excuse me, a bigger publisher. I'm taking notes on all of this. So uh, this is why it's so great to have a support network that of authors who are either going through the same things you are or already ahead of you. So you can ask these kinds of questions. Um, Adriana, let's move I on have to you. I can actually add something to this. Um, maybe, okay, maybe it's because I'm an illustrator, but I created, <laughs> I'm like, I created merch. I created stickers. I created like, um, we try to think of all the things I did. So the, I think the, the biggest one for me was I created a series of flan recipe cards and it's a way to get people to sign up to my newsletter. I call it the flan club like flan club. <laughs> laughing at my own jokes. I'm ter- I'm like very um, infamous for laughing at my own jokes. Probably a terrible <laughs> habit, but I'm going to laugh too. Cause that's genius. <laughs> right. Okay. I cannot take full credit because I was talking with, do you all know who Debbie Ridpath Oe is? The one who wrote, where are my books and all that. Anyway, Debbie is a mentor of mine. And in one of the first workshops I took, she helped me with a very early version of Aulita and I make flan. And we were talking in some, I can't remember why we were chatting. We were catching up probably after a different workshop. And she's like, oh, what are you doing to build up your newsletter list? And I was like, well, I've been thinking, you know, what about like a fan club or something like that? Like something. And she's like, oh my gosh, fan club. I was like, oh my God, fan club. So that, and I'm like, so what would I do in a flan club? Oh, celebrate flan. And then, so I, I love making flan anyway. So I've been testing recipes. I mean, I have my own recipe. I do not give my personal secret recipe in the book, but you can have it if you're signing up for my flan club. <laughs> nice. So, That's like evil genius right there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, then they have to be fans of flan, right? Which is probably a prerequisite for enjoying my book. So it's a self-selecting group anyway. Um, so I did that to build up my newsletter. And then I also have like little videos that I do little, um, like with my advanced copy that I was sent, I did like little previews of the illustrations. And since I'm the illustrator, I think I'm allowed, I'm, I think I have more leeway with this. I don't know if you all who are, who are author onlys can preview, can know. Yeah. I was going to say like some publishers are a little bit more, uh-uh. I was cleared for the three images that I could share. And I have been dripping them in every way possible. So there's a double page spread. So I, I drip it, meaning dripping, meaning like I release it in a different way. Still image, snippet of the image. So like a close cropped version of it, um, a sweeping camera view, you know, from left to right, um, only a close up on one panel of one of the illustrations. Like I just show it in like, I've shown it in like 12 different ways, these three illustrations that I'm allowed to share. And then um, the other thing is I take advantage of um, my printmaking background and I have for pre-orders, I did a pre-order campaign. I have no idea whether this has been successful or not. I will not know until obviously the release date, but my pre-order campaign included uh, swag like the stickers, uh, the one recipe postcard and a print that I'm doing like that I use Rizograph for a local printmaking shop which is a cheap way to do prints, but beautiful and still like real, you know, it's a still a real printmaking process, which I really enjoyed. 
Um, same as uh, Mariana and Terry worked on my author website. I've had a website forever since I'm an illustrator. I had to uh, press kit. In my press kit, I have something called a one pager. The one page includes your my ISBN, my publisher, my um, those images that I was allowed to share, uh, how to contact me, my social media handles. Um, it has my website. It has like, what else did I include in that? But it's like a one page sheet that just has like all this information. So anyone can download it from my website, link to my, uh, the publisher and the distributor, Goodreads. And where else did I have a link to? Ooh, I'm blanking. But yeah, basically like all the things you want everyone to know. Um, How about putting a small, like a mini bio? Up? Oh yes, it has a bio. It has yeah, a one page. A bio, one. A regular bio and then a long bio. So yeah. for the one pager, I have only the short one, but on my website, I do have a short and I think a long. Yeah. Oh, you know, that's good to have a medium one. So the yeah. short one is like two sentences. Right, exactly. So then there's the, the hundred word kind and then there's the long one. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Oh, I'm taking notes. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> Adriana, I'm so envious of the fact that you're an illustrator, not only because like I just, I completely you guys illustrators are up on a pedestal for me I think it's amazing what you guys can do um but also when I had my my meeting recently with my publisher I was told I I because I really wanted to make swag and I have to get permission from the illustrator first which I'm she I'm sure she will be okay yeah. with it but it's awesome that you can just be in your home and you can say okay I'm gonna make this and I'm gonna make that it's pretty cool so um, Anna, how can about I, you? Wait, can I just yeah, give you, yeah, yeah, you yeah. before you like free? So if you have something, a theme in your book, if your book is about houses like Terry, I, I mean, even if it's tangential, like my book really is not really about flan. I mean, it is, but it's really about the love, the loving relationship between a granddaughter, you know, and her grandparents, right? So like, it's physically outwardly about flan and so your books Mariana's is about dinosaurs I'm sure she can tap into that and Alice has a tree right so like you can find you know royalty free artwork I hate to say that oh my god I hate to say that first ask your illustrator they want to help you they want to promote the book ask them first and ask your publisher first right. to okay. see if you could do it then if if it's like a no or whatever then you you know silhouette of whatever that thing might be use a silhouette of it do what you got to do. Oh my lordy, Anna just brought over whoa. <gasps> okay, unmute. You got to tell us what that is. That's so yeah. Just um, we have as I mentioned, you know, I'm very involved in Scooby here in the UK, and one of our beautiful members, who's also an author illustrator, she makes hand knits. Um, the main characters of people's books and in the tree of hope it is a banyan tree and she hand knitted this and you can see the aerial roots and so one of the reasons I was so excited especially to get this is because um, when I have school visits you know with the little ones I want them to be able to touch something right to be able to hand it around and maybe you know educate them ask questions well what's hanging from you know, the top of the tree. And do you know what those roots are and why they're important? And, you know, just talk about, and what are our roots in, in ourselves, right? And your community is your reason. So, you know, that can lead to a lot of cool questions and stuff. Um, children learn in different ways. Right. And I think it's so important um, to think about that um, on the bookmarks. I um, have to say that, yeah, my 
So a few things I want to share. So I love what you said, Adriana, about think about a theme in your book and how you can make that in, in a form. And so also that is even for marketing. So for instance, um, I'm creating some bookmarks that are made on uh, seed paper that then the kids can plant and hopefully it grows into the flowers that it's promised to grow into. And then they can post on social media. And so that can always be for a long time, you know, and, and keep the book going. Hopefully that's an idea behind it. Also, I'm very much about conservation and ecology and the tree is the main character. And so I believe that that is a theme that's, you know, very important. And so something we can do in authors and just a thought. So what I've been doing and my strategy is um, reaching out to conservation groups, obviously to groups about um, Puerto Rican groups, especially on the mainland, um, because, you know, that's such an important, the tree represents the spirit of the Puerto Ricans. Um, so it's very important to, you know, it helps me in the promotion and it helps get our story of what happened, you know, out in the world. So that was just something I wanted to share. I've written as well an uh, educator's guide. And so I wrote it myself, but I sent it to my publisher. And what they've been great is they, obviously we all need copy editing, right, in life. <laughs> and so they've done that and they're putting in images into it. So I can't wait to get that. And what I'm going to do is I'll put it on my website, but people can get it if they sign up to my newsletter because all of us as authors have to build a following, right? And so that's a, if we can all think of little ways to do that. So I just not, don't give it for free. Like it's an email exchange, it's free, but you know, and for parents too, right? parents may want to um in there because if you look at some of the main themes in my book as well hurricanes that's not just for the caribbean right we've seen the u.s obviously the east coast get hit we've seen you know um even the uk got hit with a hurricane last year it's becoming sadly with climate change more and more of a topic so i interviewed the head of the national weather service in puerto rico and in the educators guide we we describe what are hurricanes what causes them what can we do before during and after so i think you know there's so think about your book and what lessons can come out of it because it's not always what we first think of right it's taking all those elements and that can help us in our marketing um the other thing I was going to say is headshots, right? Many times you don't think about getting a good headshot and you got to, because now um, I've been having some interviews happening. The first thing is, can you send us your headshot with your link? So, you know, to be prepared, get some good quality headshots in different resolution. And I'm not too technical on this stuff, but I know I've been asked, do you have something with a higher resolution? So luckily I had a fellow uh, wonderful Puerto Rican photographer do some of my headshots. Um, and then I would say it's um, just like speak to your publisher. And I have to give a huge thank you to Kirsty Troutman, who's the head of uh, working on my marketing manager at Beaming Books, and also to Val Howlett, who's the publicist they've um, assigned to me. And actually, I have a call with her in like 20 minutes. Um, and so we sit down and we're like, okay, what can I do to help? Who are my contacts? What is the plan together? Right. And so they've um, helped me to get interviews at the moment that they haven't come out yet because we're timing it in, in time with the book um, publication, but also they got me to be a panelist at the school library journal conference, which was such a blessing. I, I feel so grateful for that opportunity. Um, and so speak I, so I guess this is the point I just want to uh, say is 
be voiceful, say to your publisher, I really want to help sell this book. What can I do? This is my idea. And like, I sent them like this five page brainstorming I did per city in the years. They're probably like, this girl's crazy. <laughs> but it's, I, I spent 22 years working in sales and trading. So I kind of always had that hat of like having to learn to be a salesperson. But um, what's beautiful is that then gave them ideas and then they came to me with ideas. And so it's a work in progress. One thing that's difficult about debuting in August is it's a tricky month for a lot of um, like there's just because of the summer, some libraries don't do events then, you know, and things like that. So what, what was beautiful through reaching out to some libraries, they're like, listen, August isn't great for this, but you know, already with one school in New York, they're like in April, we'd love you to come and do this event with is with all the local schools, which I'm like, amazing. And that wouldn't have come if I didn't reach out. Right. So don't be shy. Um, by the way, I, I did, um, get a rejection last week from a, a, a bookstore. I called directly and, you know, they were very cold on the phone. I'm not going to say who it was, but they were just like, um, we are full for the summer. And I'm like, well, Oh, I'm looking on your website and I don't see any events you know, really uh, published for August. Oh, believe me, we're booked. And so I was like, okay, sorry. They didn't want to know anything about my book. And then look how life is. I was walking down the King's Road and I stopped by one of the biggest bookstores that is a big, big chain in the UK. And I stopped by and I introduced myself and they gave me so much time. And they were like, listen, we found the book. The, the date isn't out yet for, for us here, but tuck with our events department. We want to do more children's events and da, da, da. And I was like, the power of asking and the power of the beautiful no. I got a beautiful no because then I hopefully, ¿verdad? De dos cruzados, fingers crossed, this other bookstore is going to help me do events here because um, I live in the UK, but I'm Latino and so I'll be having events in the US and UK. So I guess that's the thing. Don't be shy. Ask for help. Your publisher wants you to succeed. They will likely give you a publicist who is so busy. So for you to get their time, make sure they know how hard you're working behind the scenes because they will love you more for it so those are my two cents <laughs> oh my goodness Anna you've got me so inspired I'm I'm gonna get off this call and start to think about other ways that I can you know outside the box that I can promote my book amazing um, I think we could talk about this all day long but uh, it's probably a good time to wrap up so if you'd like to learn more about Las Musas or our books, please visit our website at lasmusasbooks.com or find us on social media at Las Musas Books. And be sure to check out our bookshop page where each purchase of one of our books goes towards supporting independent bookstores. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also sign up for the Las Musas newsletter to have podcast updates, as well as other Musa news, such as release dates, teasers, spotlights, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and thanks so much to all of our uh, panelists today. Um, I learned so much from all of you, and I can't wait to talk more offline. Thank you.